0: Welcome to the PTA Elevation Podcast. Today's episode has been sponsored by the PTA Elevation Board Prep Program. If you feel lost and overwhelmed with your studying and need some extra guidance to help prepare for the exam, fill out the link in the description below to book a free call to learn more about the program. The program offers all the tools you'll need, from pre-recorded videos to group and individualized coaching to help ease your anxiety when it comes to the exam. Thank you for your continued support. Now on to the show. What's up everybody today we're going to be going over rheumatoid arthritis so this is different than osteoarthritis although does they both do affect the synovial joints in the body so make sure to make that you know the difference between the two and we'll get started all right guys so anatomy associated with rheumatoid arthritis obviously the synovial joints kind of just touched on that a little bit but understanding that this is affecting inflaming the synovial joint lining and that is what is causing a lot of the pain, the stiffness, the difficulty with movement that is happening with patients who have rheumatoid arthritis. This is also causing an increase in ligamentous laxity, which is the reason why we'll see a lot of those like um, deformities such as the um, ulnar drift and then the swan neck and boutonniere deformity. That's why we'll see a lot of this happening with rheumatoid arthritis. So let's kind of go into the etiology a little bit. So the main reason why this happens is mostly unknown. They're not entirely sure how it came about that people ended up getting rheumatoid arthritis, but they can pinpoint a couple of the reasons why people might get it to a few of the causes listed here. So there's a possible autoimmune component to it, either a virus or a bacterial infection. We have some other conditions that might show up after a viral or bacterial infection, such as guillain Beret. Sometimes even they think that type one diabetes might be linked to this because all of these end up being an autoimmune disorder. So the body is attacking the synovial joint linings, and that's what's happening with rheumatoid arthritis. They're thinking it might be triggered by a virus or bacterial infection. We see that this is present because of the presence of RF, which is a positive rheumatoid factor in the blood. So they'll do, death- blood testing to see if there is this rheumatoid factor in the blood, and I believe in about 80% of patients, it ends up showing up. So, big thing with rheumatoid arthritis though, and the boards will quiz you on this, is that it's more common in women who are in their middle age. So, this is the same kind of category group of people that we would see with adhesive capsulitis. This 40 to 60 year old women, way more common through this kind of age range and gender. So what does it look like? Kind of just touched on it. A middle-aged woman, because it's three times more likely in women than it is in men. So age 40 to 60, that is your age range for women who are getting rheumatoid arthritis it will present as prolonged morning stiffness longer than 30 minutes. So this is one of the factors and the things that they'll ask the patient about. How long is your morning stiffness lasting for? If it's less than 30 minutes, they're thinking more osteoarthritis, but having prolonged morning stiffness, like up to like two hours or something like that, they're thinking more of RA and rheumatoid arthritis. Now, this is also one of the differences between rheumatoid and um, osteoarthritis is that this is bilateral involvement. So if you're seeing that you're having the deformity on one hand with the ulnar drifts, you're going to see it on the other hand as well. You have one of the knees coming in for um, like a a genuvalgum kind of deformity, you'll see it on the other knee. They both present pretty much similarly and then um, bilaterally with RA with OA. So osteoarthritis, you're going to see it just one side at a time. Like the left knee is messed up. Maybe then a couple of years later, you'll see the right. But with this, it would be like the right knee is having problems and the left knee is also having problems. The the main thing that you'll see with this is a joint tenderness and swelling around the joint itself. So you'll see this a lot on the MCP joints of the hands. So where the phalanges connect to the um, metacarpals and stuff like that. You'll see that right through there. They'll have these big swollen nodules. It'll be tender to the touch and it'll be, just, it'll just, it's like a little bloom kind of thing. You'll see it on some of these patients. You'll know it when you see it. Um, genuvalgum, as I said before, remember with osteoarthritis, you'll have genuvarum. So genuvalgum being that knee deformity for rheumatoid arthritis again that pain with that movement because those synovial joint linings are super inflamed and they are just not having it so they're going to it's going to be painful to move and that is why they'll have this prolonged morning stiffness as well so here are some of the deformities that are key that are associated primarily with rheumatoid arthritis they might show up randomly with other things but this is definitely big 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 thing that is associated with rheumatoid arthritis that the boards will quiz you on you got ulnar drift swan neck deformity and near deformities. And I'm gonna show you what that looks like on the next slide. So here are the deformities that we might have here. And I hope my head isn't blocking the ulnar drift over here in the corner, but we can see on the right here that we have this ulnar drift. So the pinky side being the ulnar side. So all the fingers are starting to just kind of go towards that all ulnar side so they're literally all and you can see this in the x-ray here how the joints themselves and you can see here how it's so swollen here at these last two digits it's it's a lot it's it's all just going towards the side and that's because of this laxity of the ligaments that's just stretching out and it's just going towards that side so understand that ulnar drift specifically towards the pinky side is associated with rheumatoid arthritis Then over here, we have a beautiful picture with both the boutonniere deformity and the swan neck deformity. So let me break these down really quickly. Swan neck deformity is hyperextension of the PIP joint and flexion of the DIP joint. That is swan neck deformity. I'll say that one more time. Swan neck deformity is hyperextension of the PIP joint and flexion of the DIP joint. So the distal one is flexing and the proximal one is hyperextending. But near deformity, on the other hand, is the opposite. So with near deformity, you will see flexion at the PIP joint and you will see extension, hyperextension at the DIP joint. So with boutonier deformity, the proximal interphalangeal joint is flexed and the distal interphalangeal joint is extended. So that is the difference. And both of those are the ones that are associated with rheumatoid arthritis. So how are we treating these patients? I want to go over some quick red flags and contraindications for when you're treating a patient who does have rheumatoid arthritis. You got to make sure that we're not doing any sort of aggressive stretching. This also includes traction, both cervical and lumbar traction, and that can even be manual traction as well. We want to make sure that we're not overstretching these joints or overstretching the joint capsule because it's already so inflamed. And also the ligaments are becoming lax, especially those ligaments up into the cervical spine and into the neck, especially like the alar ligament, the ones that like keep you from decapitating yourself. Those are all super loose. So we want to make sure that we're not aggressively stretching this patient. Now, with rheumatoid arthritis, they'll have periods of exacerbation and then, like, just a chronic, just kind of going along with their daily life, like, oh, my joints kind of hurt. But when they're in those acute flare ups or exacerbations, we are not doing much with this patient. If you have a cu- patient come in and they are like all flared up and everything, we're, anything that we do with this patient, it's, it's just going to make things worse for the day. So you got to make sure if they're having an acute flare up that you're just using something superficial to heat them. And just like, you know, some analgesic properties, just pain management. They love paraffin. They love paraffin if they're having a flare up. So if you have a patient who's having an acute episode of rheumatoid arthritis, flare up paraffin, that's all you really want to do. No strengthening, no stretching, none of that. So Aggressive stretching is a big no-no and then take good care of them with pain management and little superficial heat or if they're having a flare up. Other treatments that you're going to see with these patients is that they're going to be on a lot of pharmacological management to help manage this because it is a rheumatoid disorder. They're going to be going to a rheumatologist. They're going to be on DMARDs, which are disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs. So the most common one, I forgot to put this on the slide here, but the most common one would be methotrexate. That's one of the ones that they would most likely, you would see this patient be on. And again, that's a DMARD. And then they're going to be also on some just regular old pain medications, some NSAIDs, and just making sure that they're helping keep all the inflammation down in the synovial joint lining. Obviously, they're going to make sure that those uh, medications are not interacting negatively with each other. That is what our pharmacist friends are making sure that they're doing. Now, on the PT intervention side of things, a lot of these patients, because they have a lot of deformities in the wrist and hand, are going to be seen by a certified hand therapist. So this can either be a PT or an OT. Um, Most of the time, I think a lot of CHTs end up being OTs. So this is one of those times where we have a nice fun co-treat with our little OT friends over there, and they're going to be teaching them joint protection techniques to make sure that they're not overstretching the joint while doing activities of daily living. And they're also going to be providing splinting for them. So that's going to help correct some of those hand deformities we might see with those patients. And then we'll also be making sure that we're keeping the joint from further deforming into any sort of shape that's going to cause it very, de- uh, cause difficulty with the patient being able to do their activities of daily living. Again, we don't want to do aggressive stretching, but we can do very gentle PROM stretching. We teach the patients some self-stretching techniques to make sure that they're um, keeping the range of motion in that joint and that nothing too bad is happening at the joint level. Um, hot packs, cold packs, paraffin, those are all good for this patient, especially in the chronics and, um, Chronic stages, we can use all of them. With those acute stages, really, paraffin is probably the best option for you. Just making sure that that's also some of those pain management techniques that we can use with this patient. Again, we want to make sure we're keeping this patient's aerobic endurance up because with the rheumatoid arthritis, it kind of makes them not want to do too much. So as long as we can keep their aerobic endurance up. They're doing pretty well with making sure we can keep them doing the activities that they've been doing, and then we can do some strengthening during the chronic stage. Just you know, if it's their arms and everything, some general upper extremity strengthening, trying to keep their legs good, working on transfers to make sure, and like just walking around, ambulation and stuff, just to make sure that they're able to keep doing most of the things that they usually do. Most of these patients that you'll see at least out in the clinic with rheumatoid arthritis are just some you know, that age range of women. And they're just like, it hurts to do like my cooking and stuff like that. Or it hurts to do my job, whatever I've been doing. I'm having trouble. Maybe I went to the gym a lot. Now I can't pick up the weights anymore. We're just trying to make sure we can make it as smooth transition back to normal for these patients. And again, strengthening and progressive resistive exercises are best, are only supposed to be used when the patient's in a chronic stage, which essentially means that they're not having an acute flare up or exacerbation. So we want to make sure that they're keeping the strength so that they can keep doing this, some of the things that they do. And a quick note, you might have to modify the way that they grab things in the gym because maybe they can't wrap their whole hand around like the um the handle to do rows and stuff or grab the TheraTube. So we want to make sure that we're modifying things for these patients. Keywords when it comes to rheumatoid arthritis, because there's a lot of times where the boards might ask you a difference between rheumatoid and osteoarthritis. And you kind of got to do some critical thinking to determine which one's which. Genufalcum, that's a big one that we're going to see with this patient because that is the the, um, the knocked knees. And then what they'll have a bilateral involvement. So then that is going to be a difference between osteoarthritis and um, rheumatoid arthritis. You want to make sure that we're understanding if it's presenting on both sides, we're thinking RA. Ulnar drifts, that's one of the deformities for rheumatoid arthritis. And then swan neck deformity, that is another One of the um, keywords we would see in the deformities that we would see with rheumatoid arthritis, boutonniere deformity, another one, and then pain longer than 30 minutes in the morning, key sign that we're leaning towards rheumatoid arthritis rather than osteoarthritis. So sample question today, guys. A physical therapist assistant is treating a patient diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. The patient is having difficulty gripping, elastic therapy bands secondary to their dysfunction. On closer inspection, the therapist notices notices hyperextension of the patient's third PIP joint and flexion of the third DIP joint. What is this called? One, Boutonnier's deformity. Two, Heberden's deformity. Three, swan neck deformity. Or four, Bouchard's deformity. I'll give you guys a second to think about that. All right, guys. So, the answer is swan neck deformity. So, let's go back to that slide just so we can visualize this. So, the question is asking, let me just say, the question is asking they have hyperextension of the PIP joint and they have flexion of the DIP joint. So, let's go back. So, we can see with the swan neck deformity here on this slide that the patient has hyperextension of that PIP joint and they have flexion of that DIP joint. So, we can see that that kind of is essentially it's it's a um, straight up definition question. It's going to ask you which one is these and it will describe it and it'll say pick one of these. Now let's just make sure that we're going over what these other two are that I threw in here. Heberden's deformity and Bouchard's deformity aren't a thing, but there are Heberden's nodes and Bouchard's nodes. So those are associated with osteoarthritis. So those are when you have nodules at the PIP or the DIP joint. The PIP joint would be the Bouchard's Bouchard's nodes. And then the DIP joint would be the Heberden's nodes. So kind of threw that in there to trip you guys up, but this is what's going on with rheumatoid arthritis. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this and I will see you guys in the next video. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.